You're listening to another Island Block original program. Mere alcohol. Bit more of my cup, Freddie A. In that. <laughs> Hafade, Total Malik, and welcome to another episode of Cocktails, Movies, and Stuff. Uh, Hafade, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Freddie G, aka Fred Rock from the island of Guam. And today we got a special guest host in the house because Avery and Nan both don't care about the show and they just decided to leave. <laughs> and um, they got the bubble guts. They got, I already yeah. know. <laughs> they told me. <laughs> so, who, who do we have? We have uh, one of Island Block's very own. Uh, personalities here. She has her own show, Lip Service, right? Every Wednesday? Yes. In the dark, dark hours, you know, when we're servicing everybody, because that's what we do. <laughs> she is the very talented, the very beautiful, and the very dangerous Miss Lulu. Oh, I thank you, thank you. I'm so excited to be on your show, Freddie. No, nah, is... I know we've been trying to get you on here for a while to come guest host. Okay, just be real. You didn't really want me on here. You're right? crazy. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're keeping an island today. We got all yes. island. Yes. So, yeah, forget Avery and Nan. <laughs> it's all. And, and so, yeah, today we got two guests. Uh, heavy hitters. Very heavy hitters. <laughs> big, big heavy hitters. Actually, I know one for a heavy hitter because he put me down one time. <laughs> <laughs> one so time. I'll, 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 uh, I'll introduce one. You want to introduce the other? I would love to. Okay. Yes. So I'll introduce my man here since we go way back like Pat Sajak. Uh, he's a... Uh, Big time writer. He's been writing on shows like Law and Order, Suits, of course, Nip Tuck, which he really was doing his thing on. And now he is the showrunner for the very new show on the History Channel, Project Blue Book. That's right. It's my man, Sean Jablonski. Yeah! Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for coming, man. My and pleasure. then, yes, Miss Lulu. And then we have a very, very talented artist. Um, he's a double, well, a yeah. double whammy, right? Like, right. I don't know if he dances as well. He might on the on the low low. Depends on what <laughs> Which we will be later on. But I've got Michael Malarkey, well, his role with Enzo for Vampire Diaries. Really excited to have him, but he's also part of the Blue Book project. Um, Blue project. Book. Yeah, so that's really awesome. I'm so excited to have you. Because I binge watched uh, Vampire Diaries. Um, I have a little bit of a fetish with vampires so it was really I was really excited I'm glad that we have Sean in between us you know because it might get a little bloody up in you here start, no, yeah. feeding, feeding yourself yeah so welcome Michael welcome thank Sean you. thanks thank for you, coming thank guys. thanks for coming you guys yes. pleasure yes so uh well Sean we were just talking a little bit uh you know just to kind of get back in me and Sean were uh we're big like we we're saying Sean put me down because we and Sean have been boxing together for Wow, like 10, no, 12. It's been at least 12 years. Like wow. 12 years. Yeah. You say boxing together. I say getting hit in the face. Oh. <laughs> that's, See, Sean, that's what I call it. Sean is the first yeah. one to kind of make me realize that I was old and slow because that's when I finally realized that, yeah, things had changed. I didn't have my speed anymore. I didn't. I was slow. And then, yeah, he put me down. I was one of the first time I've ever been put down, honestly. For real? Yeah. Well, I to be fair, I'm what? How much a little taller, a little, a little taller. like heavier? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes. But, Just a little um, bit. Yeah. But, but I, I think to... we both figured out we're getting older too. True. Like it's true. it's a lot harder now. But, I, I every time I get hit in the face now, I was like, why do I keep doing this? I don't really understand. Has boxing been a part of your life, Sean? Huge, yeah. I would uh, for about twenty years. Oh, okay. For about twenty years. Yeah, I started it when um, I was still living in New York. 
Um, and it was somebody I worked with who was a boxer and said, you should come on down and it's a great workout. You know, you're a writer, you sit around a lot. It'd be a great, <laughs> you know, exercise for you. And I have to say, like for anybody who's done it or even consider doing it, it's not about fighting. I, yeah. I, it's really more of a mental exercise. I, I, I can't stress it enough. People like, you know, they're like, oh, you must have a lot of aggression or you must feel like you, you got to get out there and hurt people. It is the exact opposite. And Freddie, you can speak much better to this because you have a much more experience than me. But um, you get hurt when you are angry. Absolutely. Like it's, it's all about trying to calm things. It's about calming your mind. Um, and it's about trying to be at peace. It's like I say, it's Standard like doing it's boxing. it's like yoga, but getting hit. You know, <laughs> is basically what it is. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Like, you know, it's funny because people. I remember I was sparring. It was just about a year or two ago, and I was sparring with one of the guys. And he, it, he at, 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 in between rounds, he came over. He's like, "Dude, you're freaking me out." And I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause you keep smiling while you're while we're for, while we're boxing." Oh and my I was, god! Because I I love it. Like I I you know. So he was like, "You're." It's an evil smile, and you're sitting there beating me up with this yeah. evil smile. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of because I love it. Yeah, it's you're almost taunting though, right? They're thinking that way. They're like, oh, I, I do. And I you play mind games. Like that's what Sean's saying. Like I, I do think that's the one thing that attracted me the most about boxing is it's such a mental game, mm -hmm. and it's it's mental chess. I mean, you're playing chess. It is mental chess. And and for me, the mind games are my favorite part. Like that's the the mind games are my favorite you, part. And you really find out who you are. Yeah. Like I I think it's because you. You can have every plan or thought of what you're going to do when you get in there. <laughs> and when you get hit, you go, oh, am I the guy that fights back? Am I the guy that oh, covers yeah. up? Am I the guy that runs? Are How do I more feel? Defense or How offense? does it take me to get into it? It's a very different. How much can you ever really know about yourself until you've been in a fight? That's, uh, you know what? Yes. That's what? Fight uh, club. Million fight club. Yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> well, and, so I actually and, started my own fight club in high school. Really? Yeah. yeah no, no jokes. Oh. Um, I mean, I'm I mean hear jokes, this story. joke away, but uh, <laughs> okay. it, so it what, wasn't a joke. How what, did that come about? Was it because of the movie? Yeah, you guys absolutely. Got, you well, got inspired you know, by it, it came out when I, I think I was in high school. I must have been. And um, yeah, we watched it and we were like, man, well, we, we've never been in fights. So, like, <laughs> do, we really, do we really know ourselves? Or, let's fight. Yeah. <laughs> and it started out, we were in front of the Trail Tavern. I, I grew up in Yellow Springs, Ohio, uh, which is a very small little hippie town. Antioch University is, is, is there. It's famous for that. Dave Chappelle is also from. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, hey! He just moved back. Yeah, right. uh, here? Yeah, no, yeah. To, Ohio. to Ohio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He still lives home. there with his fam. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're standing out in front of the Trail Tavern downtown, and my friend Travis is like, "Okay, all right, let's let's do. Just hit me in the face." <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, yeah, it's my best friend. Oh. Uh, like, hit you in the face, man. I, like, what if I hit you in the ear, like in the movie? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I deck him in the face and he like buckles over. He's like, starts like shouting. I was like, oh dude, I'm so sorry, you're right. He's like, no, this is the most exhilarating thing I've felt in forever. <laughs> Let me hit you. I'm like, all right, yeah. So we start off just like pegging each other. We went back and forth a few times. Yeah. It was just like feeling that like, you know, reverberating in your skull and it does activate a lot of weird neural things that you you know you're not accustomed to feeling um and then we started arranging fights between different dudes or friends we ended up out in the woods oh and then God. it became almost like gang wars and we had like to stop there's almost a lawyer involved oh all, my this, God. all this crazy stuff well because all the kids were getting back well there were other crews like and stuff and, that oh, started shit. wanting to join in 
So we had like our whole gypsy punk crew on one side. But the first rule of Fight Club was don't talk about Fight Club. Hey man, we, we broke <laughs> we that. Talked about, <laughs> we talked about that. Definitely broke that. <laughs> you got to talk about Fight Club when you're in high school because oh. you got to let the girls know, right? Yeah, that, it's, it's, hey. it's Did you have any girl fighters in there? No. no. <laughs> Just had to think about it. I, I didn't know if that was a trick question. Because right. <laughs> I could have qualified. That's really awesome. But nowadays, look, with the girls, I ain't going to lie now. Because I say this as, as a boxer, back in the day, the girl boxers, I mean, you had a couple that were decent, but they still fought like girls, sort of, the boxers back then. Now, as in when you scratch oh, your yeah. eyes out, right now, thing. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, now the girls look like dudes. Like their technique is because, yeah, back in like with Christy, we had Christy Martin and Lucia Riker were the only two that kind of had oh, skill Lucia skills. Riker, yeah. But then, and then a lot of them else just were very robotic and they didn't have that, you know, that kind of that that's the technique down in the rhythm. And even though women have better rhythm, but now, oh my God, these yeah. women look like they're better than dudes. I, I I think they're they're killing dudes. Well, it's actually. also celebrated now to to be like that yeah. as a woman, whereas before it was kind of looked at a little differently. Yeah, true. Though, true. Being feminine and being ladylike, whereas now it's like yeah. Yeah, boss, I've man. got muscles. You know, That's Serena Williams. Like, no, no, I'm just saying, yeah, you know, women with muscles is like, it's beautiful now, Absolutely. you know, as the trend goes back and forth of more of the housewife and more of the housekeeper. Mm. And then now it's like, you know what? I have skills. I can punch people in the <laughs> face and well, you can get paid all, for you know? it. Yeah. Like, we should be able to, to, to not box ourselves into a certain thing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so I was going to ask you, Lou, with, with, with judo, was it the same too? Is it a lot of mental for you? Were you playing a lot of mental games? Yes, and, and like Sean said, it is really finding out about yourself. Um, with judo, what I love about judo, and I will definitely put my own children into it as a first form of art, is because you... Judo really celebrates and, and really focuses on getting in your space and in somebody else's space. So a lot of the time in a fight, we're uncomfortable to get too close to someone. Whereas in Judo, you want them close in. You want to be in their space because it's all of a leverage game a lot of the time because we're doing throws, we're doing arm bars and, and chokes and, and, and that kind of thing. So you, you can't do it standing arm length away from each other. So you need to be really close in. And as a female, I love that because I'm very comfortable in conflict on the street. If somebody was to come up and, you know, uh, attack me from the back or from the side or even from the front, I'm, that's my zone. You know, like that's, that's where I want you wow. to be. It's like, so welcome you. to my web. I'm very <laughs> comfortable being attacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it on. Well, but that's the beauty of judo um, to me is that you, you get to just be comfortable in that space, space yeah, and, yeah. and not um, panic. Cause a lot of the time you either freeze, you know, when you've never been attacked or you've never been in somebody else's Space and and mm -hmm. in our society here in the U.S. in Samoa where I'm from, we're very touchy feely. You know, we're very Islanders, happy people, yes. hug, we kiss, all that fun stuff. Um, but here in the states, you don't even say hi to your neighbors. You've been living across the street for 20 years. You don't even know each other. You know, yeah. so mm -hmm. that's why um, with judo, I just thought it was. That's my favorite part about it. When so I go home, get... I am going to hip throw my neighbor. Welcome to the neighborhood. Uh, yeah. nice to see you. <laughs> just wanted to get close. Yeah, yeah. just really intimate with yeah. you. Man. Well, a lot of it's, you know, pretty much every sport has to do with men mental game, doesn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can yeah. see um, that most obviously in two person sports like boxing, judo, tennis. Tennis. Yes. Yeah, tennis. You're watching yeah. a clash of. of personalities you're not watching a class of necessarily 
just athleticism. It's like, Absolutely. what are they bringing to the game and how, how chill are they able to be under pressure? Well, yeah. the other big thing is that it's an individual sport. Individual sports are really mind blowing and mind fucking. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're like, yeah. oh my gosh. When when you're you're trying to counter, like you said, it's it's a game of war. It's a game of battle, you know, battleships and, and, and chess because you have to anticipate the other person's move a lot of the time. That's... And you're not handing it off to a teammate. <laughs> yeah. No, right. That, Tap you know? in, yeah, you know, yeah. like you can, don't have it's, that. It's you alone, yeah. Absolutely. I know if I was Mata, I'd be picking fights with you every day. <laughs> Mata is my husband. Mata is so. your husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? It's so funny. Um, first time we were dating and it was like a year in and he would like to do Pink Panther with me. Like, I, I don't know, oh, where like he would like hide. Like, yeah. He, yeah. He would yeah. hide in the corner <laughs> in the dark and shit. And then I would come by around and he would try to attack me. And I don't know. I, I was new in the States. I had just moved here and uh, I, I just went into that automatic, you know, you do repetition in, in fighting a lot and it just is automatic a lot of the time. Yeah. You know? It's dangerous. So, Did you? you know, I wouldn't mess yeah. with you. Oh, like in that, you in that way. I, I didn't mean to, but I just, I, it was automatic. I just tossed him or try to like break his arm or something. And then, but then I'd break down crying when he finally was like, babe, it's me, it's me. I'm like, son of a bitch. I swear to God, if you do this shit again, I'm gonna kill you. Well, I, I surprised a friend once, and he's he's six foot five. Oh dude. my god, and, you're um, brave. I was I was in London, Camden, and uh, he was. I saw him walking under a bridge. I was like, I'm gonna be surprised. <laughs> Run up behind him and go. Hey! He literally grabs, puts me in a headlock. I had to go to the chiropractor. Literally <laughs> threw my neck out. He's like, oh, dude, dude. He's like, oh, I'm so so. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> huge, dude. So you gotta be careful oh, with the sneakies. Yes, with the sneaky wikis. Exactly. Wikis. That's oh hilarious. my god. Yeah. Island Block Radio, powered by Dash. Welcome back to Cocktails, Movies, and Stuff. That was Captain Solitaire by my man here, Michael Malarkey. Dude, I, I, I was saying, that's that's one of my favorite songs. Like, I was listening to a lot of your stuff, you know, getting ready for this. And, and yeah, that was just, it, it, to me, it's like if, if Tom Waits and Lou Reed had a baby. That's kind of where. Uh, <laughs> man, I'd That'd love be to see one that. Ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they'd sound great. They'd sound great. They'd be, they'd a, great. They they'd be a hard great. drinking baby, too, right? <laughs> the face for radio. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I mean, that, that song, Captain Solitaire, is um, obviously for my latest EP, but it, it's almost signifying a certain moving into a different direction. I mean, the older stuff, which I think we'll hear something later, is, is more of the singer-songwriter approach with a little something else, I yeah. hope. Mm -hmm. But um, been looking to kind of move a little bit more away from that heart on sleeve, telling your stories only, you know. And speaking of Tom Waits, who's one of my favorite storytellers, who he, he tells a lot of other people's stories, and I'm kind of interested in doing that, looking out a bit more and, um, you know. Yeah. So this this is kind of a departure. Also, also sonically. You know, I experiment with little pattern drum beats and things, and I'm interested in using a little more of that in the studio for the, for the next record. That's cool. If, if you had to categorize your music, what would you say it is? Music for husbands. <laughs> <laughs> sad bastard music. It was, it was once dubbed sad bastard music by a buddy I know in Atlanta. And that's, I've always said that in interviews. And I don't quite fully believe it, but I just like the sentiment. Yeah. And, and you started, music has it always been a part of your life or did it? you find it later on? Yeah, it's always, I mean, ever since I was young, I, I first became interested in punk rock and hardcore, and ska and that whole scene. And um, 
you know, sing in front of the mirror. I, I love the energy of live shows, crowd surfing the mosh pit. I'd throw myself in there. And it was the first time I really <laughs> felt, I was always the new guy at schools. I was moving around a lot, always a stranger. And I always felt like coming to a punk show was my family, like that was my community. And the support you get through that, as well as kind of getting out that energy. You know? Right. It's like kids playing, but supporting each other. So my first love for music was punk rock, and I started my uh, started my own band, a hardcore band, then played with another one for about five or six years, working in record stores at the time. And this is all before I even started acting. So I had a whole life doing that before. And then I got into acting and trained in, at Lambda in London. And kept playing all through my years there and working in the theater, had an acoustic with me all the time and just been writing all the time. That's I write awesome. a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you, where, with Captain Solitaire going to your EP, um, where did that inspiration come from? Or what is, what is Captain Solitaire about for you? Well, I'm not going to tell you. That would sully the viewer, the listener's experience. Right? Um, Out of body experience, yeah, if I, you were I, somebody else. No. I kind of have a, yeah, a little uh, thing against saying inspiration for songs, if you'll forgive me there. No, but not I, at all. I like, to, I like to leave it open to interpretation for, for listeners. And I think it kind of, it's nice to have a song like I Am The Walrus, you know, <laughs> everyone's kind of wondering what it's about. And, and then John's like, we wrote, we wrote that intentionally to fuck with them. <laughs> was trying to decipher my lyrics and everything you know right um, i ain't no john lennon but i appreciate that yeah but yeah it's kind of a lot of it was i mean the the, the ep is three songs captain solitaire friends and bloody nose and they're all kind of songs in a way i guess thematically that have to do with the isolation with, that comes with what i do you know where you are quite removed and you mm. become a watcher and you're very observant of other people and also yourself overly observant of yourself when you're an actor and um you know there's certain pitfalls that can happen when, when you're overly observant but i think the ep kind of covers a little bit of that weird territory and during the break um i'm definitely going to bring it into because i thought it was genius sean as well thought so um when are you afraid when you start to write a new song or do a new project and we were talking about fear during the break and you have to repeat what you said because it was like... It was pretty brilliant. It was deep. <laughs> well, let's see if, let's see if I can do it justice. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I said, uh, uh, what would I say? A fear is is just adre adrenaline. It's misunderstood. Misunderstood. Adrenaline. Fear is misunderstood adrenaline. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, which, you know, I was talking about being on stage for the first, first um, time at the National Theatre, which was very daunting in, in London, which yeah. is a very reputable theatre. I did two plays there and... Um, I remember my legs just quivering because we had to stand there as people were filing in. The two brothers, it was a Eugene O'Neill play about these two brothers. And um, I'll never forget thinking that the audience could literally see my legs <laughs> quivering. And I started thinking, I was like, why is this? It's, I'm excited to be here. I'm ramped up. Like, why am I quivering like this? And I was like, it's literally just energy mm -hmm. just pulsating through me, waiting for an outlet. I'm just waiting to act, that's yeah. all. And once I started telling myself that, it started going away. I started channeling it into action. That's, you know, yeah, channel fear into action. action. Yeah, that's acting. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Sean the has, no, no, no. That was, you, I that was, no, that yeah, was, you did. Yeah, no, that was. <laughs> I think you said too during the break, I can't believe I'm remembering this. <laughs> the idea that, you know, that adrenaline triggers a fight or flight impulse and you can't fight the audience and you can't flee yeah, the stage. That's right. 
you know so it's misunderstanding that idea of what that energy is telling you Mm -hmm. and when you channel it into like those creative impulses and give that over to the art that gives you the you know it's it's channeling also i mean even art aside even in relationships and everything else it really transmits too because we get so used to just like running i'm taking a walk or like or just having it out with somebody instead of standing there and just listening to them yeah Yeah, right you know Uh, i'm like oh yeah listening i'm getting real deep (laughs) seriously yeah but i love it no we haven't even started drinking yet i I just imagine what's gonna happen so check this out yes we might think that's a good segue i know that was oh man so so i had hit up sean and i said um you know uh let me know if you guys have any liquor in mind and they said they're like yeah we're a bourbon so I hit up Phil, our guy, uh, Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, no, real? His name is Phil Collins. Phil Collins. He's okay. amazing. Uh, he's the, the mixologist. He down gets good tables at restaurants when he calls. Yeah. I guarantee you that. <laughs> but yes, who, who is our, that's our sponsor for today as well for our show, Saki Dojo down in downtown LA in Little Tokyo off of First Street. Uh, make sure you hit them up. They have over 60 Japanese craft brews on top of the whiskeys and the sake that they have there. So wow. that place is banging. And anyway, so I went there and I talked to Phil. I said, dude, I, I you know, Sean and Michael are special guests and I wanted to, you know, I'm, I like to impress people. I'm a show off. <laughs> so I was like, yo, I need your help, man. So he said, I got, I got it. So it's Burnside Goose Hollow Reserve Bourbon. And so what's so crazy about this is he was telling me there that there's a, there's this native wood up in uh, in the Oregon in the Northwest, uh, in Oregon, Washington called uh, Giriana. And the wood is actually fireproof. So a lot of people at first they just they were like there's no commercial use for this cuz you can't burn it, you can't do things with it. But then they started to find out that um, the rainwater softens it and up there and then they started using making barrels and then aging wines and whiskeys in it and a lot of people love it but it's so expensive to export oh. that a lot of whiskey companies just don't mess with it cuz then they have to pass the cost on to, to you know to the customer to the right. customer so but this bourbon is from Oregon so the the woods native there and it's a female distiller which is pretty dope hey. she's winning awards uh, her name is Mel Heim and so yeah let's check it out so um he already, I, we usually play Flavor Time where we try and guess stuff, but but Phil already like broke it down. So I'm like, it's like, I'll be cheating You're if I cheating. did. I'd be cheating. So, but yeah, let's all take a taste. Let me know right. what you guys think. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks Cheers. for being here. Dave's Max, I didn't bring one for him. Oh, wow. That's nice, right? Wow. There's a mm. lot of flavor wow, in that. smooth. It's a ride as well. Mmm. Yes, and that's what he was, he was t- talking about, that it, it goes kind of from like this mm. strong white pepper and heat, and then it kind of mellows into... It's just strong at first, and it's a gentle come down. Right, yeah. There's no bite at the back of your no. throat when you're done with that. This right. is a lot of bourbon can do, where you're right. like, oh, I love it, it tastes great. So great. You know? And yeah. it makes, I'm, I'm happy because we're like drinking it. and Avery's not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Avery's going to well, be so mad. Well, this one's for Avery. This one's yeah. for Avery, yeah. but this stuff is really good, right? Um, oh, man. It's, there's definitely pepper there at the top, man. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then the opening. Oof. I know I can taste the wood. Definitely. Yeah, he says it, it's the the woods kind of give it gives it kind of gives that mellow kind of sweet mm. kind of apricot peach. It's got know. a good sweetness to it. Yeah, and I like I like drinking bourbon neat too. So me, me too. to have it It'll, have it be that complete to drink is great because you get to sip it for a while. Although this is going down very. <laughs> well, that's the worst thing about ordering Don't on the so rocks. Stingy. It's like the first couple drinks are good, right. and then you feel like you're drinking apple juice. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
No, this is really, are you a whiskey drinker? You know what? I'm starting to be a whiskey drinker and grow some hair on my balls, but <laughs> it's, um, it's definitely an acquired taste. Um, in the beginning, I was more of a, I didn't start drinking until later on in my life, like at 26. Um, I was already off the walls to begin with, so you I figured alcohol. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I sure did. I started <laughs> off. I started drinking with tequila. Oh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even touch this stuff anymore because it, it did too much. But then it, you know, I transitioned to vodka, um, and then now, now whiskey. What do you, do you, I love it. Yeah. I I love whiskey. I think it's it's more of it. You know it. It comes like it's a coming of age kind of drink. It, it you know, really is. you're gonna like, enjoy okay, it. Yeah, yeah I feel not, more mature. You know? You're not drinking, you know, yeah. ten beers in a night. You wanna, you wanna, wanna enjoy there. it yeah. and sip it and yes. have it linger and mm -hmm. you know have it sort of evolve around you as opposed to just like slam you and now you want to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like you know, like beers are like a lot of calories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, so like oh my god, about your fitness and all that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I heard once like a, a beer is like what two hundred and twenty calories or something, which is like a, the calorie calorific Whoa. content of a baked potato. Which it's cool to eat a baked potato, but not seven, not seven in a sitting. <laughs> right. You know. Well, and it's evident because I mean they don't say beer belly for nothing, right? For nothing. It's like that's why <laughs> yeah. that all came. I love my beer, but I'm short, so it doesn't look yeah. good when I get the beer belly. Man. <laughs> so I gotta, yeah, I gotta keep it topped. Keep it, keep it topped. Island Block Radio, powered by Dash. Let's go. Welcome back to Cocktails, Movies, and Stuff right here on Island Block Radio. That was Chris Whitley when I paint my masterpiece, right? Yes, sir. That was dope. It was like you said, Hillbilly. Hillbilly acid, acid music. Acid yeah, acid yeah. music. I dig it. I dig it. I um, like that a lot, actually. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. We all had an extra shot right afterwards because yeah. this stuff's really good. Oh, man. my Lord. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. We're Cheers. speaking Cheers. truth now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> We're not responsible for anything uh, else we yeah. say. <laughs> we aren't even here right now. <laughs> So, um, so yo, we got to get into the Project Blue Book. Yes. Blue, Blue Book. Sorry. See? See? It's the, 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 We're flicked it. Right. Already. Cut him off. Project <laughs> Bourbon <laughs> Book. Bourbon <laughs> Book. Project <laughs> Bourbon. <laughs> but we got Project Burnside if we want bourbon right yeah. here. Um, okay. Well, just a little quick story. As I was driving up here all the way from Costa Mesa, Jesus Christ. Really? Just like I want to shoot myself in the that. face. Yeah. Oh. No, but the best part is I was listening to um, the radio and Big Boy was on and... Um, he was talking about his topic today was conspiracy theories. And uh, it was so crazy because one of the callers, I think her name was Natalia. And um, of course, the, right. Of course it was. And she had talked about her dad being in the Navy and uh, that Area 51 is real. And I'm going, what the fuck? That's you got to trust I'm the Russians. Into, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going into the studio today to, to talk about Project Blue Book. And just it was serendipitous. It was pretty cool. That's very cool. That yeah, there's it's we um we did uh, there was a thing out here in Pasadena called uh, for Alien Con and oh. it's basically the um, Comic Con of Aliens. Comic Con of Aliens, right? <laughs> so you have all these people that come together and 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 um, sort of swap stories about things like Area 51 and sightings and 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 whatnot. And we did a panel for the show, Project Blue Book. Um, and somebody got up to um, talk about an encounter they had. And this was actually a very famous encounter that uh, was back in 2004, but the Pentagon released footage not that long ago. It was only about three, four months ago, I think, or maybe a little longer, 
um, two F-15 pilots who were over San Diego <laughs> caught sight of a uh, UFO, and it's on film. You can go Google it. It's 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 famous footage now. CNN was playing it, NBC, CBS, all the major networks. Uh, and this guy got up to uh, at the panel to ask a question from the audience, and he said, yeah, I was there. I was the pilot. He was in the plane behind. Was, no, yeah, he was in yeah. the plane behind, yeah. right? And he was hearing everything on the walkies he saw too. Yeah, it was incredible because he was literally talking, and we we, we were worried that people were going to try to rush it on. We're like, no, yeah. no, please keep. keep no, we're keep all going. like on the keep edge going. of our seat. Oh. And I don't know if you caught this, but his wife, who was sitting in the audience, like next to him, kept going, "Honey," like grabbing him, going, "Honey, okay, that's enough. That's enough." <laughs> They're going to take you away yeah, to right. the Lulu bin. But it's fascinating to me that you have these. There's so many credible witnesses out there. And there's footage that is indisputable as real footage and-, and Completely unexplained. From, completely unexplained. And then you show that to people on, on a national level and everybody kind of goes, huh. <laughs> you know what the I mean? There's special no, effects are like, really great yeah, there. It's like, <laughs> it just doesn't land. So and yet, yeah. with, with, with before this, before you came onto this project, now yep. were you, were, what was your- Belief. Beliefs. Okay, so this was so um, Project Blue Book was evangelical. Was it evangelical? Uh, what, were, what, was, what was? Never that? mind. Yeah, <laughs> we'll skip that one. Oh, that one. I'll have another drink. <laughs> Here, you carry on. <laughs> carry on. So you, you go ahead too. Um, I will say I walk the walk. So um, the project came about. There was a spec script written by David O'Leary, um, which was based on an actual UF. I'm sorry, an Air Force program from the late 40s to the 60s called Project Blue Book. Um, and it was put together by the Air Force to essentially manage all of these reports that were coming in locally, nationally about people seeing UFOs. And we as a country needed some sort of response, some sort of official way to kind of um, explain all of this. And because we were also- in, Pacify the masses yeah, pacify as well. The because masses. there was a real, There's a it was stir. on the brink yeah. of, of exploding, you know. We were also, and this is, you know, history repeating itself. Uh, we were in a cold war with Russia at the time. And there was a real genuine fear that whatever was being seen in the sky was also something Russian, Russian. and they were spying on us <laughs> or trying to invade. Um, and so it spread this huge paranoia. So there was a need, as you say, to pacify the masses. So the Air Force put together Project Blue Book um, and they were there essentially to basically tell people, okay, they were birds, they were weather balloons. It's not what you think. It's clouds, it's swamp gas, whatever it is. All kinds of weird stuff. And so um, the show is based on that program and uh, it follows two characters uh, based on real life people. One of them is a um, uh, Dr. Alan Hynek, who was an astrophysicist um, at Ohio State University, recruited by the Air Force to sort of be the everyman, mm. the scientist to kind of come in and help explain away what um, what people are seeing. Uh, and the second was a military main uh, who's played by, by Michael, Michael Malarkey. Awesome. Hello. Uh, based on a real character who was sort of the Air Force, the Air Force's rep there to kind of keep, you know, um, Dr. Hynek in line. Well, he ran the project also. Yes, and he was um, very good at that kind of um, organization. Mm. Um, he was also, you know, World War II pilot. He was a bombardier and flew flew all over, and he was highly decorated. Is he still but alive? 
he's not still alive. Interesting, and we should come back to this. Died of a heart attack at 38 under mysterious circumstances. What? After writing a book. About that this shit. You should, yeah, <laughs> yeah, writing really. a book because he oh and uh, Dr. Hynek went in as skeptics and left as believers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Or as close to, you know, I don't think they came out officially and said, I believe there are aliens, but... But you can't deny certain things, You can't things, deny right? it. There's a lot of unexplained stuff. They're, it's not what they're telling you. And then Captain, uh, you know, Solitaire. Michael Malarkey, <laughs> Captain Solitaire, um, yeah, wind up at 38 of a heart attack after wow. writing wow. a book that sort of- And he, was, he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't unhealthy either. No, and, you know, right. he was an Air Force man, yeah, military yeah. man, yeah. Because I mean, I, I remember hearing, I mean, that's the one, I think one of the big things with the, with the uh, conspiracy theory that I've heard a lot is that like, Right with all, when the Area 51 stuff started and when those kind of things, uh, you know, with the sightings and everything else, that all of a sudden at the, it, it was very coincidental that our technology started to come about in a, in a mm-hmm. way, the, the technology curve went from like here to here in a, in a, in a quick, quick way. That's and, interesting. And uh, right. yeah, we went from just being kind of whatever to now TVs TV, and right. rockets. And, you think about and, being gone right now for six months from if you took a vacation to outer space and came back, it, there'd be so many crazy changes just yes. in six months. Yes. I mean, your phone probably won't work. Get an update or something, right? But <laughs> right, I, I found it really interesting that with the advent of technology, right, that I feel like the sightings aren't as frequent as it used to be. Well, here's I, I hear people say that, but if you go online, just go to YouTube, you can type in UFO sightings and this week, like, and really? you will get hundreds of them. They are out there constantly now. Granted, yeah, you'll look at a few of these and go, I can't see it, or yeah, that's clearly <laughs> fake. But that's really funny though, right? Like how, because I feel with now that phones and cameras mm. are a lot clearer, we don't have like the Sasquatch, you know, all oh, the blurry picture, things are too clear. They're probably- <laughs> Well, this is also the trouble right now. All the aliens are like, Just, nah, you know, technology's too clear. I don't nah. want to be seen. I got to stay. <laughs> it's too risky. They're already on the binoculars. They're on to us. They still doing stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's still covered in his neighbor's wife. Right. <laughs> um, that is for, okay. I have to. I have to um, look up, go on YouTube, and just get my fill because I love. I'm really excited about Project Blue Book because I'm an X Files baby. I'm a, you know Star Trek, Star Wars. I know. Don't kill me. I can't. They say <laughs> they can't coexist. Star Wars and Star Trek. Nah. But you know what? I love them all. So. Well, here's the great thing. I mean, the show is every case we have done is based on a real case. So, so what, what you were seeing, so we've drama, case. yeah, we've dramatized the cases, and obviously it, it's TV. We we we, we want to be you know, move right. it a little forward in, in in that department, but everything based on a real case. And one of the ones we do, and I when I tell this to people, they're like, "No, that didn't happen." You should look it up. In uh, <laughs> 1952, I believe, July 1952, 1953. In two successive weekends, there were UFOs spotted over the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., to the point where Truman ordered fighter jets into the air and said, shoot those down. <laughs> um, There's pictures of pictures spotlights of, on some stuff oh, with, with, with fire. You can go online and Google the newspaper headline, Saucers Over D.C. Really? It is, it's, 
it was major news, That's and that crazy. gets lost. It's exactly. so, <laughs> right. well, it's so yeah. tough for us because growing up in Samoa, we only had our imagination. We only had two, um, you know, channels on the TV, so mm-hmm. we just made up shit half the time. <laughs> anyway, but. That was that's that's so fascinating to me that that's even you know. And then it just kind of gets lost in history, kind of lost in history. It's I think it's because people are wanting that definitive alien to come out. They want to see the ship. They want to see the body. Where is it? I've seen a lot of articles recently about if there is alien life, why haven't we found it yet? And there's a lot of other crazy conspiracy theories. They're here They're already. Here. They've been here. There's President so many. Trump, there's some that we're, alien, that, that, right? that there's a theory that we are all actually a mix between alien and apes. Yeah. That we are actually the, you know, there was the, Adam and Eve were actually the first crossbreeds of aliens with apes. Well, you know. Dave just showed me the picture. <laughs> yeah, Dave, so our, our engineer there. just went online and found the, but with the Capitol building thing, that's crazy. It's, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's, it, with it, when you dig deep wow. and you see what is actually real and recorded, it, it blows your mind. It, it really does. And I do think people sort of shrug in a way. And Project Blue Book, we like to say too, at the time was sort of like kind of the original fake news. Yeah. Because the government was, was going, uh, we're making a conscious effort to tell people what it was. Or- what you saw was not what you saw. It was something uh. different. So th- these are themes we go into on the show. Um, there is a government cover-up involved. It's more than just about aliens and spaceships. It's also a lot of very good character development. Um, you know, it's a great, it's a it's really fun ride. Absolutely. And I think every character is written so well. And I think everybody really brought something extra to it. You know, I feel like there was what was on the page and what we created there from, from scratch. and. When you have a show like that where all these stars align, it just makes for this kind of magical place of creation. I mean, we were checking in with each other. You'd call me up sometimes, like, are you cool with everything that's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, any questions about things? And I hit you up, like, after episode two and was like, yo, Sean, I I just feel like maybe if there's anything I need to know about in the future, like, (laughs) like, just just as far as, like, what my character's done, like, which would help inform. And so he gave me a couple tidbits, which actually helped, you know, me to... Um, go through that journey with a, a different insight. Did you read? So we were very so connected, exciting. all of us. Yeah. Did you read his book, the one that he wrote that got him? I mean, that he supposedly had a heart attack kind of thing. Did, did, did is the book out to read? This is oh, awkward. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't yeah. read, so it's um, <laughs> very very awkward. The scripts have to uh, be dictated. Yeah. To all these scripts could me. There's another Tropic Thunder reference there for you. <laughs> um, did I read his book? I, I read. I, I listened to the audio thing. Okay. Um, just the bits that were kind of relevant because it goes actually dates back to the Project Sign and Project Grudge, which are the two preceding projects of Project Blue Book, which were collating um, unknown phenomena. But Blue Book was the most famous organization and the one that was most efficiently run. And also that was the time when they were seeing the most sightings. I mean, it was 12, 14 something thousand. Yeah, 12,000. Oh 12,000 12, during that time. And it, 700 peaked then. That it was were. the peak for some reason in, the, in 51. There was some really, you know, and a, a, a lot of, um, and I, I think there's some credence to this, that there was uh, a belief that it was once we started to get nuclear weapons, we sort of really got the attention of everybody else out there who went, okay, wait a minute. They're going <laughs> to blow themselves these. up. <laughs> And there, there's some really fascinating stuff. It mostly happened in Russia, um, of where course it there did. were well, okay, so but Russia. there were <laughs> nuclear launch sites, missile launch sites, and we actually do a case like this here on the show. Um, 
spot um, UFOs over these launch sites and would start a countdown on the missile when they weren't doing anything as a way to sort of show hey. we have control of your stuff. <laughs> um, and playing, which is also babies. why a lot of the sightings, especially during that time, happened in the deserts of the Southwest where all of our missile testing was during that time. Most of the majority of the reports were out there because they were circling what we were doing. Wow. And also internationally stuff. as well, right? There was a um, big one in Guam. Really? One of the biggest in Guam. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. What? Yeah. I, I got to ask my folks then because, yeah. I mean, obviously they it were there. It was a bunch of, uh, I don't want, I want to say school children, but it was, no, they literally got off the ship and came down. I mean, it's. And it was wildly reported. It's a huge, huge thing. So I, I would encourage yeah, the audience to look into it. It Absolutely. is fascinating. Did you know that? No, I had wow. no idea. There's a lot they, of great they, acid they going around, around at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know. exactly. It's probably why I was born, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to confess something. This is a setup. This was all a setup. I think the aliens knew because Sean knows our, we got good food. I think right. they came down for the food. Yeah, right. They came, they down, came down for, for some chamorro food. Oh, my God. They wanted that red rice. Oh, well, it's it's really exciting. I'm so excited for the project. When does it come out? Yes. January 8th. January 8th. On the uh, History, History Channel. Channel. Um, I believe it's a Friday. Oh. Uh, 10 p.m. right now. I think we're going to be following uh, the, one of their big hit shows, uh, Oak Island, I believe. Oh, I love that yeah. show. Yes, that it's. I think it's a huge show for them. But in the meantime, That's if awesome. you need your blue book fix, or if this has raised any curiosity for you, go online. Just type in Project Blue Book trailer. You can find it everywhere. The trailer it's been is released. amazing. Yes. Yeah. It, it totally piqued my interest, and I yeah. can't wait for it to come out. There's also they've dropped I, IGN. I believe have, I believe has dropped a little teaser scene oh. as well, where oh, you right. can kind yes, of see the the, diner, the right. Heineck Quinn dynamic, which is one of the you know. Uh, the main. cruxes of, of the show you know if, mm -hmm. if, if you got that yeah. relationship type thing Kirk then you, you have a show in my <laughs> opinion. Kirk, oh I love ah, that yeah. Kirk and Spock there you go. Okay. Yeah. I just love at the end of the trailer it's like based on true events and it just I have it to tell you, you right? it well not but it had like the chills running down uh. my spine you know I'm like <laughs> Oh, shoot. Like well, it's an unexplained stuff. thing still. Mm -hmm. We have explanations, but there's not a definitive explanation. So everyone's still fucking wondering. Right. Yeah. You know, ah. there's a lot of experts know, out there, too. Somebody knows are, the answers, right? I mean, I already know. Here in our, you know, mm -hmm. D.C. weather somewhere. Come on. Yeah. Somebody's got to know something. Tom DeLong from, I believe it's Blink-182, Blink right? Yeah. Has To The Stars. It's a, a basically an organization that's cre created that... Um, he did a great podcast on Joe Rogan, but you can easily find his information. He is dedicated to sort of exposing alien life, says wow. he has some, you know, certain meta metals, as they're called, as well as this other evidence <laughs> that's out there. It's there's it's, it's, if you look for deep, it, right? it's there. And there's there's definitely more there's there's a lot of good, credible stuff out there. There's plenty of crazy conspiracies. Garbage, right. Um, another movie that would be great to watch if you want to convert and be like, wow, I had no idea. It's called I Know What I Saw. And it's a documentary about a group of uh, Air Force pilots, a Ooh. senator, I believe it's the defense minister of Canada, who all testified before the Senate in an open hearing going, we know what we saw. 
we are not crazy. Right. You Some of the most complimentous people. Yeah. You need to release information. There's something going on. This was an open Senate hearing. Wow. So you is know? any of that stuff like that from, from like the project Blue Book, Blue Book and all of that is from the Freedom of Information Act. Can we get some of that stuff now or is it still? Recently been de declassified. declassified. Yeah. So it was classified up until, I can't remember, but not too long not ago. Too long I mean, ago. I feel like I it was like five years, yeah. five, five years ago, yeah. maybe 10, I don't know. Uh -huh. So yeah, it's it's, basic, it's it's kind of new. I mean, the, the, yeah. we're, we're riding this wave of, of of all this, this algorithm, you know. Yeah. So what's essentially, going on. your uh, character and the the doctor mm. are, are supposed to be. I, I just picture like Men in Black coming. Yeah. In. You guys were supposed to be the ones with the little memory stick, going, "This is not what you see." Right? <laughs> is, that, is that kind of what your characters were supposed to be? Essentially, like that. Mm. Not, not necessarily. Sense? No, okay. no. It's more. So when when so my character's name, uh, Michael Quinn. But that's not the. Brian History's name, but okay. we'll, we'll just say Quinn for right. now to not confuse anybody. <laughs> right. but, um, Quinn was initially there just going, flying out, taking cars, visiting the sites, checking out what was going on, trying to find a plausible explanation. And a no matter how. believer from the beginning. I mean, uh, at first. At he didn't first. even think about it. Oh, okay. In my opinion. It wasn't okay, You know, gotcha. at least from my character's opinion, he's an Air Force guy. He's just doing his job. His job. Yeah, there's orders. probably a part of him that's. You know, thinking about it, but I think that only starts to happen when he starts working with Heineck, who is extremely um, Eddie. capable and intellectual and questioning everything. Kind of a superhero in his own way, cool. and I think they kind of inspire each other um, as the series progresses. Um, I forgot whatever was going with that, but yeah, <laughs> it's the aliens and the bourbon both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Island Block Radio. Welcome back to Cocktails, Movies, and Stuff. That was Mon Mongrel by Mr. Michael Malarkey here. Uh, sad bastard music. <laughs> uh, take three. Take three. I love it, though. <sighs> no, I dig that song. It's got a, yeah, it's a, it's definitely different from Captain Solitary. Um, For you, Freddie, what did you take from it? Because, you know, he's not going to tell you what it's about. Okay, we've already established that. <laughs> You know, it just makes me laugh because the, not laugh, but as the title mongrel, I mean, tomorrow's we're all mongrels, we're all mixed right. up so much. So I just, I was just digging it from that kind of, you know, it kind of made me think of it that way. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of a, you know, the, the mongrels, because mongrels is the title of the record too. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's got this kind of multifaceted title for me in a way, you know, and it's kind of elusive, but at the same time, it does represent, you know, I was born in Beirut, Lebanon. Right. My mom is... She's Italian. half Arab, half Italian. So cool. My dad's Irish, part German, um, French, Alsatian, whatever. And so I'm a, I'm a big old mongrel myself, and I spent all my summers abroad in Europe. My dad was teaching a course and grew up in Ohio, but went to drama school and spent my 20s in London. So I feel like my life has been this mixture of cultures and influences, as well as musically. Like, we're yeah. starting in punk rock, working in a record store, dipping into hip-hop, jazz, screamo, you know, whatever, weird art <laughs> punk, you know, John Zorn, saxophonist type, weird stuff, you know. <laughs> so for me, it, the, the title kind of was an accumulated thing of my musical history as well as my personal uh, cultural history. But then the track is, um, you know, the lyric is the Mongols are howling out my name, the Mongols are coming for me again. It kind of takes on this different thing of this pull of... Um, 
something. Yeah. And that's all I'll say there. But like, it's kind of <laughs> like the doldrums or something, I suppose. Like, I love the melody the and all of that too. That's why I, I, I'm, a, I'm with, with me. I know some people are lyric people and then some people are like more melody musical. I'm the, I'm on the other side, the musical melody. And that's, I mean, I really, that's where I was really gravitating towards, mm. you know? So well, that's, yeah. yeah, I always run my songs past my wife because she, she doesn't really pick up lyrics, you know, until she really tries and listens. Mm. Um, where she will just hear the melody. And so when I'm playing songs for her sometimes, if she doesn't ine- immediately kind of connect with it, I know it's like, not oh. actually catchy. And I'm not always trying to write a catchy song. Right. But I feel like, you know, if it hooks her ears, then it's, it's, it's worth exploring. Something. Okay. You know. You possibly have time to write a song. <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't know. Hotels? It's actually okay. when I'm on the road, when I'm working. Oh when I'm working and on the yeah, road. These actors, yeah, yeah you guys like, sit in trailers just, and stuff like that, right? Tra- tra- trailers sometimes. Yeah, I actually wrote, um, Probably about half of the new record doing Project Blue Book in my trailer and on set sometimes. I sit there with my headphones. Wow. I can't wait to see things. our name in the liner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you to Shan Jablonski for not looking in my dressing room ever. Um, but yeah, it was, um, I, I, find, I find that, and I heard this from, I forget who, but inspiration happens when you're working. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of times mm. where you know writers block. It's only because you're not actually just you gotta doing it. it. Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. just start. Yeah, you know they one of the best exercises for regaining your artistic mojo is just to do daily writing, free form, not thinking about it, just allowing your subconscious to flow free. And once you start doing that, then all of a sudden you get inspired by what you're doing, and the ideas start to you know yeah. bubble up and mushroom. The, the mistake that a lot of people make is they sit and wait for, for inspiration. For it to come. And inspiration, I've found, oof, doesn't come if you're waiting. She's fickle. Oh, Watch pot never buy out. <laughs> Michael Malarkey is just dropping all this okay. kind of knowledge today, right? Damn. I can bomb. go. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> Get another bottle That's, a, that's a good way right? to end the show, though, for real. Thank you guys so much for coming through. Thank you. It was Such a real pleasure. Thank you. You guys hooked it up. Now, yeah. Um, and now I have a lot to think about for the rest of the week. I, I know. <laughs> I'm going to be just staring into the sky a lot of the time. You know? And I'm excited for real. So you said January 8th. Yes. I believe. Yes. Yes. January. January. And it's a smoking show. <laughs> I mean, keeping I've, them to it. We <laughs> just finished doing the ADR for, for the last episode. And I've seen some little tidbits. And I'm just like, oh, we did that too. I mean, there's so many exciting Moments. artistically as well as the performances. I mean, I think it's really a killer show but history channel has been rocking it with yeah. scripted shows lately so no i'm excited they're yeah, great it, to work with too yeah, yeah really, really i've great. been doing this 20 something years and you can get excited you know right. every so often <laughs> it's a job but this one is special yeah this one is special it's very exciting i have cool to say. cool i can't wait so yeah. everybody we'll, we'll post everything on our on our pages and all of that and let everybody know and uh so yeah thank you guys for coming through <laughs> hey i'm waiting I'm, I, you know, I'm so used to avery and nan being here doing our sign offs and i'm like wait they're not here <laughs> you're like i am all those it's, people in one right there now. you go that's this lulu thanks lulu for helping thank me you. out thank though. you so lulu, much for having me love you sean love you michael thank you so thank much you. i'm yeah. so excited can't wait there it is i'm a believer there yeah me too <laughs> see you guys later you're on Island Block Radio.